Welcome to the Far From Average podcast where we speak about topics and interview people who are far from average so you can take your business and take your life to the next level. I have a very special guest with us here today. It's been a long time in the making. We had a couple of hiccups, but we were finally able to get him on the uh, on the podcast. And I mean, this dude need no introduction. Uh, military veteran, first and foremost. Secondly, real estate investor, brick and mortar business owner. I don't want to hype him up too much, but this guy got a lot going on. That's why it was hard to get him on the podcast initially. But go ahead and uh, you know introduce yourself, Jamar. Hey, everybody. What's going on? My name is Jamari Sharp, or by all means, Mari. That's my Instagram handle, TikTok, all of that. Uh, like Vernell was saying, active duty military, uh, brick and mortar business owner, real estate investor, community engagement, servant of my community. It's literally a multiple things I do. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get into it today. Yeah, for sure. And you you cover like such a broad spectrum, like being in the mm-hmm. military brick and mortar business owner, a real estate investor. When, when did you decide first to get into to entrepreneurship? Because I'm not sure, when did you get started in the military, For actually? So I actually came into the military in 2016. I was fresh out of high school. Uh, didn't go to college, didn't take that route. Literally, the first thing I did was go straight to the military. Straight to the military. But obviously, you have an entrepreneurial spirit. Right. What, what was your first business? So my first business I got into was actually, uh, it was about a couple years after being in the military, I was in Korea. And uh, my brother, Jamal, he went to FAMU. And, you know, he was in his entrepreneurial journey and going through things. And he approached me and, and came to me and talked to me about a photography idea to where basically taking pictures, photography, videography, and all of that. Like, he already had the framework. Uh, he went and had a camera and started practicing and would shoot me, like, YouTube videos and different things like that. So what I did was I went and I purchased one as well. And we was like, okay, we're going to go into this full throttle. Didn't know anything about business, you know, the the, the steps to take or, you know, the, the how to set the entity up or anything. But we just dove, you know, head first in and uh, said, yeah, we're going to do it. So that was the very first business was – photography taking pictures videography and, and everything like that and you so. said that was in 2016 uh no so that was a couple of years and that was probably like 2018 probably 2018 like 2018 yeah usually and i kind of want to you know peel back that a little bit more usually dudes are like or people that are you know entrepreneurial they have like some backstory of selling candy or having yeah. a business when you were young do you have any of that or did you get a late start so it's great so i would say a late start but like all the way from when i was younger i always like had a hustler mentality like uh-huh. of different things I would do like we um I played sports so even through playing sports a lot of times it was like raising money factors yeah or selling we the had candy. like maybe selling yeah selling candy in school or like the uh uh back to school like maybe car washes or car washes to raise funds so we're literally outside on the streets like homeless people you could say because we sometimes we were neck right next to homeless people yeah like on their corners you know waving the signs come get your car wash come yeah, get your car yeah, wash yeah. like going there and literally like you know talking to them you know getting tips out of them or whatever it may be even when it comes to like selling this candy for school events or something like that uh same thing so i would say that was more so the brinks of things uh but growing up i have been around entrepreneurship you know my uh-huh. mom uh my mom she had a whole nine to five a job while yeah. at the same time uh, she used to bake cakes. So she baked cakes. I mean, not just the regular cakes, like just red velvet or pound, but she would decorate them, like everything, like Scooby-Doo cakes, Clifford, just Hennessy cakes, literally anything. <laughs> like those crazy cakes you see like online yeah. where you're like, hey, is this a cake or is this real? She does stuff like that. So 
growing up, I've seen that, like, helping her with it, uh, going on deliveries with her and stuff like that. So I knew eventually I would always get into something like this, but the military was just, I guess, a, a stepping stone that helped me get there. And would you say the military helps with building the, the <laughs> habits and the discipline that you need in order to succeed in entrepreneurship? A hundred percent. Even for me, looking at myself versus other people who may have not been in the military, not saying they don't have it or anything right. like that, but um, look at me, just the steps of literally in the military, sometimes you're waking up three, four in the morning, right? automatically going to a workout. Afterward, you have to go to work or go to class or do something after that. Afterward, you might be working a little bit longer. I mean, real deal, like 12 to 16 hour days, you go to sleep, do it all again afterward. And it's not really a waking up and saying, oh, I don't feel like doing this today or I'd rather do this or I'd rather do that. It's no that, option. That doesn't exist. Damn. So you got to get it done. So it's kind of the same thing, me coming into the business world with that, oh, you have to get it done mentality. Mm. That's, I hate when people say, oh, we're going to do it tomorrow. What's the point of doing it tomorrow when you could do it right now? Ooh. So it's like literally, because that's how I literally grew up in the military time from, and really through home. My pops was in the military. Mm -hmm. So I was instilled with that, waking up early, doing all that. That's no problem to me. Even right now, today, on Saturday, I woke up early this morning, like five, six in the morning, just because uh -huh. that's who I, that's just what was instilled in me. So really the discipline and uh, uh, the hard work that comes with it. But the military definitely gave me all of that, most of it. Do you think that's an advantage? I would say, yeah. So I would think a lot of people in the military undervalue themselves because – a lot of them don't have that entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. where it's easy to get complacent and just, you know, want to do this one thing, one time or whatever. But the things that you don't might not even think you have, the military instilled within you from day one. Make you realize that you do have them. A hundred percent. So when it's time to get into these things, you just relate it the same way how you would do when you're at work and doing in business. And you're going to be light years past everyone just because it's really not that hard. And you have a choice. Sometimes you literally have to do things when you don't have a choice. So Right. Absolutely. Now, to kind of segue into the brick and mortar businesses that you've got going on, the the BAM Snowballs. Right. You have a second location for that? Right. So, yeah. So, BAM Snowballs, uh, BAM Snowballs on Instagram, Twitter, uh -huh. Facebook. It's B-A-M-S-N-O-B-A-L-L-S. -B -L -L no W in Snowballs. Uh, but, yeah. So, actually, with BAM Snowballs, we have two brick and mortar locations as well as a third location, a third location, which is a mobile trailer. Oh, okay. So, yes, yeah, so we have th so three locations, technically. What made you want to start a snowball business? Ah, it's crazy. I wouldn't even have thought of anything yeah, like that. Yeah, I get this question a lot. Uh, it's really lucrative. So, uh, just backstory on this, you have your mom's side of the family, your dad's side of the family. Uh -huh. My entire dad's side of the family is from New Orleans. Like literally born and raised there, literally their whole entire life. I still, all my family is literally still there. Mm -hmm. uh, so growing up, we was around snowballs all the time. You know, ate snowballs. You know, seen snowballs or whatever. And we never had that back home. Pensacola, Florida is where I'm from. Uh, we didn't really have that back home, like shaved ice, really any of that. So going into it was still while I was in the military. It was still after the photography business, all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother was on the brinks of graduating college from FAMU. Uh, you know, we're just talking about, you know, what he's going to do. You know, is he going to go into his background field of his degree? I think it was like in communications or it was something what his degree was in. Uh, and uh, he brought up uh, basically, you know, that the city doesn't have it and this, that, what we want to do, like on the entrepreneurial spirit. 
man, let's just jump into being, you know, business owners on this sense of a brick and mortar, literally a location people can go to. We're big on community mm-hmm. and we wanted a location that, you know, inner city kids, the youth could literally come and chill and still yeah. have a good time. And uh, so to get all into it, BAM Snowballs is actually like an acronym. So when we did photography, uh-huh. the business was called By All Means Creations. By All Means is literally what we go off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at our Instagrams, uh, everything is by all means this. Either by all means more, by all means more, by all means something. Like literally have by all means tatted across my whole entire back. Uh, because that's just like what we, you can get to it by all means. Mm. If you want to do something, do it by all means. That's like, heavy. You said you got that tattooed on your back. Yeah, literally. I'll show you after the podcast. Okay. Like literally just across my whole entire back from one end to the other. And what's crazy is, so does my brother. He had it crowded across his whole entire back by all means. Uh, so BAM, in BAM Snowballs, stands for by all means snowballs. But at the same time, oh, it's a double meaning yeah. just because, you know, we wanted to be kid friendly. The youth come. So BAM Snowballs is actually BAM onomatopoeia. Yeah. Superhero comics. That's what it looks like. You know like. what I mean? Yeah. So, but what BAM really stands for is by all means. Whoa, I yeah. didn't even know that. That's dope. Yeah. So uh, with that, we kind of came with that together. I was like, oh, we could do this. You know, BAM. Okay, this is that. Because we came up with BAM Snowballs first, and then we're like, BAM, onomatopoeia, like the comic comic superhero theme. Like, let's make it that and everything like that. So we're like, okay, let's hit the ground running. Right. And one thing I would say, like, with business where a lot of people, I guess, kind of drag their feet or don't know where to start, this is that, neither did we. Like I said, the entrepreneurial background we had and everything was like doing photography and stuff like that. And with that, it's kind of, you know, you book a shoot with somebody, you go there and you do it. It's not like we had like a whole studio like we're in right now or other things and this, this, that. So we literally was like, well, what do we do? We didn't know, but we knew by all means we was going to get to it. So we literally put boots on the ground and we just go and get got stuff. Like got literally went to a place like different places to view where commercial property and stuff like that. We seen one, walked through it, took pictures. Okay, yeah, let's take the risk and get it. Yeah, and for that's sure. That's what turned into the first Bam Snowballs location on Michigan. Man, that's a crazy story. Yeah. Now, a lot of people are concerned with a brick and mortar type business. Like, how much money do I have to invest up front to get started with something like this? How did you guys, and, you know, the ballpark investment, and how did you right. guys come up with that money so you can get started and get operated? Right. Okay, so. What I'll say is, so getting a, it depends on what you want to do, like whether you're going to buy this commercial unit or mm-hmm. are you going to rent it. So a lot of people don't know that units where businesses are, that's just commercial property from somewhere. You can either buy or rent it just like a house. Right. So this location we're in, we rented it just like you would a house. So it's people who own these specific locations, like if you go anywhere, any plaza or anything like that where you maybe yeah. see like a t-mobile a, a buffalo wild wings or something mm-hmm. sometimes a lot of times they don't own that property somebody owns that entire building and they just lease the spaces in there yeah like the whole plaza almost. right so like we did that same thing we seen it was an entire plaza and we wanted a specific unit so we literally you know get with they might have a property manager or uh-huh. it might be a specific person and we get with them and they're literally like um okay kind of the same thing as as you do with the uh a rental, uh-huh. they just verify like proof of income, and I'm not even sure if we verified proof of income. Uh, I think we mentioned I was in the military. My brother, he had a job at the time, uh, so it was really easy. Like as long as you came with the security deposit, just like 
you would anywhere else. Like, you know? a, like renting a house. Yeah, like literally security deposit and then the rules of the lease of the of what you have in there. Mm-hmm. Like, And then you sign a lease. They do have lease terms. So you can't just be in there a month. The business doesn't go good and then leave. Right. So you have a year lease. Uh, so that's what we signed. But to get into the cost of what it starts, uh, like it depends business by business. But for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, just ballpark it. Yeah, the rent for our first location might have been. And I would say that was that's the biggest one because the rent might have been, I think like, a thousand. It was a thousand and some change, maybe like twelve hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So you take that price and you literally just have to come up with that every single month. Right. So a lot of people would say, "Oh, how much does it start? Ten to fifteen thousand dollars." But if we take months of that for rent, you spread out over time because you're literally paying that only every month. Right. So we got we secured the spot, and then after that we had to get supplies right so supplies with us if you think of snowballs uh if you guys google a snowball or whatever essentially it's just ice and syrup just for the 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 baseline yeah baseline, baseline option, product ice and syrup so you have to buy the machine the machine is like 2500 to 3000 mm-hmm. and then you literally buying syrups and depending on how many flavors you want uh you can spend anywhere between maybe 500 to eight hundred dollars mm-hmm. on that and then it's like look like we put candy in ours and we like all the the we have a, like a mural on our wall like stickers and yeah all, a lot of tables and chairs and different things ballpark i could say you probably could get in there for about ten thousand really base level and then maybe on the, if you're getting more and more fifteen thousand to twenty thousand but don't get down when you hear that number because that number is over a course of time. Yeah. At one time, we did not pay like $10,000, $50,000, anything like that. Like, you might have paid $1,000 last month, but you're adding that because that still goes into your startup cost. Exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, and how we had the money for that. So, I was in the military still at the time. So, uh-huh. I'm getting paid, like, active duty, just getting my paychecks. Um, so, that money from money I saved and money I had going into it, as well as... Uh, my brother, he worked too. So it's kind of easy, easier when you have two forces combined in one. But yeah. at the same time, a lot of times, we didn't even use a lot of our money. I know you're big on the credit game. Yeah, I was going to ask about yeah, that. Yeah, you're big on the credit game. 100%, maybe. Honestly, the rent. We don't, we don't, we pay, we have to pay the rent. We can't pay it with credit. So uh, the rent comes out of our pocket. But other, other than that, everything literally was through business credit. Mm. So literally, like, we when we got the business, Got our business bank accounts and everything. Like uh, we got Amex cards and we got other cards. Uh, and literally for that, like swiped for all the syrup, swiped for yeah, you know the machine. Like literally swiped for thousand dollars worth of stuff. Uh, and these were Amex cards we had at the time. Yeah. Uh, so literally swiped for all that to where uh, that price that I'm saying, none of that came out of our pocket. I'm just telling you guys the money that it cost to start, but we yeah. didn't pay that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, and it was really with that. So yeah, now that I think of it, the only thing was just rent. That came out of our pocket. Yeah. Now, I think it was Kyle. Mm-hmm. He told me that for since you're in the military, they don't charge annual fees on you guys' credit cards. Is that true? Yeah. So Amex is because of the uh, uh, it's like service credit service members credit relief act. That's SCRA. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Through Amex, there's no annual fees uh, for Amex. Yeah. Any other uh, credit card companies do that? Uh, Chase does it as well. Uh, no. Annual fees for Chase. Uh, 
And that's really what I know of because those are the cars I have personally, Amex okay. and uh, Chase. And it's like different things, but you're like your bank account, like through Chase bank account, you should have like a specific amount of money in there at all times, I think, or everything like that. Or if you don't, like, I think you'll get charged like a monthly fee, like $20 a month just for having an account with them. Uh-huh. For military, they waive all of that. Like they oh. even give us a, a specific, like if I call, if we both have Chase and you call for an issue you're having with your thing. And I call for an issue I have on mine. They kind of direct us to two different places because they'll see, like, you know, service member on my profile or something like that. Okay. So I don't know if I get quicker help or what, but uh, having the perks in the military, yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, right. And even with that, um, so there's no annual fee with that. Um, so, yeah. And I know you're in real estate now with the yeah. VA loans. Yeah. Zero down. Yeah. Did that help contribute to getting your first property? Did you use that? A hundred percent. So if I didn't have the VA loan, I probably wouldn't have had my property as quick as I had it, as I got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is a, a, if anybody is watching this and you're in the military, hit me up or do some research or something like that, because the VA loan is something that you need to utilize. Don't wait until, oh, I'm waiting for like my dream home in Georgia or Florida or, or something wherever. like that. Like you can use it where you're at and you can reuse it again. Like Get into the VA loan, the benefits, how to use it. And yeah, how you break can use that it. down. I, w- I want to know more about it. That could almost be a whole entire different podcast. Like, so with the VA, give loan, us the framework. Okay, so what the VA loan is, so the VA, everybody thinks it's like zero money, zero dollars down, but technically, I guess it's not zero dollars down. It's just that the VA is paying for your down payment. Oh, so you still have a down payment, but the VA pays for it to where the service member is never going to see it. If that makes sense. So everybody in the service, you get an entitlement. So that from that entitlement is where the down payment will come from or whatever, but the VA will take care of that. So there is sense, like, let's say you wanted, I wanted a $2 million house. Mm-hmm. My entitlement, depending on, like, your the county you're in, I might not have that much of an entitlement as far as the down payment goes. So they wouldn't let me get a house. If I wanted to get a house of that caliber, they'll take care of the entitlement that they can, and then I would have to come out of pocket for the rest. So... To figure out your entitlement, it's not a ballpark thing of, oh, your entitlement is this, that. You literally have to go on to, you can Google it and to see, but it goes by your county. because By my, how much they're going to pay for your down payment. Yeah, because my entitlement in Las Vegas would be different than somebody's entitlement in Oklahoma. Right. Because the houses are probably a lot more expensive in Las Vegas than Oklahoma. Right. And the military will give you, a, it's something called BAH, a basic housing allowance. Uh, they literally uh they give you a certain amount of money based on where you're at like the cost of living okay uh so they'll give you that but uh you can't use the va loan and when you get into like and everybody is different so when you get into like closing cost and mm-hmm. different things like that it literally depends on who you are who your lender was where you're getting your house and everything like that so what i tell everybody is just it doesn't hurt to ask if you ask the question, the last thing somebody's going to say is no. That's just like people saying getting second VA loans. Everybody says you can't get a second VA loan or this, that, but. How many can you get? You can get. You can have more than one. You can have two, I believe. Two? Two VA loans. So, uh, and really that just goes with your entitlement. It just goes to see if you use all your entitlement and then you want another one. Obviously, it's going to be kind of a, you know, they might not let you because of the entitlement you have left. But if you bought like a $100,000 house with one and then you move into somewhere else and the house is a little bit more, you still could get that with your second VA. And like I so said, you so you split up the entitlement? Yeah, because your entitlement, let's say they're giving me $400,000 worth of entitlement, mm-hmm. and then I literally have 
a hundred thousand dollar house, technically you have three hundred thousand dollars left. But it still goes into they still your credit and your debt to income ratio and all that still plays a factor. Right. That's why it's hard to tell people if they can or cannot do something because I might be able to go do something and then literally my coworker next to me who's been in the military just as long as I have can't go do it because maybe he has six cars on his credit report then he has like maxed out credit cards and he makes less money than I do because he's a lower rank. I maybe can do more things than he can do. So it really all depends. Yeah, the possibilities depend on where you where you stand and where you rank. Right. So all I say is it doesn't hurt to ask. Like a lot of times, so many times people have told me things, and this is in business life in general, who just, they go off what they heard. I literally go and seek answers. Sometimes, you know, it's a no, but sometimes it's like you can't do that. So always, even what I'm telling you, you know the laws, the laws and the rules and everything might be changing right now. So Literally. still, like research it and and, go and find out for yourself. Yeah, find out for yourself. But uh, I'm telling you, just a blueprint of Lily. What I've done, what I've seen. Yeah, for sure. So, and how did you pick your first property? That because you got you said on one side it's a rental, yeah. on another side it's a Airbnb. Yeah. So how I did s- you pick that? So uh, with that property, because uh, really there's. Uh, there's another property, like a primary residence that uh, uh-huh. I have. But with this particular property, we we're just looking on. Uh, I actually met some realtors through uh, like a net from a networking event. Mm-hmm. I was at a networking event. They actually had the one that we had. Oh, I didn't okay. meet them there, but I invite. I they met them there. at another one, but we I invited them there to, yep. to that one. Uh, anyway, so like they sent me like you know MLS listings or whatever. You know, I'm just going through things, just going through things. Okay, boom, I see this house, and I'm like, damn, like. I want that. It looks like it's fire. Like that's in like the price range, everything. Uh-huh. So I'm like, damn. So crazy story about this is, and like you say, and my lady is in this with me. So literally I'm, I have to run everything through her. If I just do everything, she's going to get mad. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm running everything through her, but I see this, you know, she wasn't by me at the moment or what I'm like, man, I got to go get this property. So literally I just drive to it. I drive straight to it. Mm-hmm. I like I text my realtor, hey, I'm looking at this one or whatever, but I just go to it. And when I pull up, they have like another guy outside and then a girl like and they're going in there to walk through it or whatever. Uh huh. So I see him and I got like recording if there's a whole time because I was like wanting to record like what the neighborhood was before I go. So like I pull up and they're walking in and I'm like, uh, hey, can I come check this out too or whatever? And the dude's like looking because technically I'm not his client. He's actually showing it to that girl in hopes of her buying it so he can get the commission or whatever. Yeah. But we're just standing right there outside. He's not going to tell me no. So he's just like, yeah, come on, come take a look or whatever. So I walk in there. I'm recording, taking pictures and everything. He's kind of like showing her it, you know, walking around and everything. And I'm just, you know, ear hustling here and everything he's telling her about the property. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I leave and he's like, oh, are you looking for a realtor? This is that. And I'm just like. Oh no! Nah, like I'm just looking for a friend or whatever. Like uh, I'll take your card and everything, but I think I'm good. So, what this property is? It was it was a mm-hmm. property. It was a duplex. It was somebody that somebody flipped. So, uh, if you go on Google Images and look at it, it just looks like run down. Has a big old tree in front of it. It was like red brick, like something completely different. Mm-hmm. Somebody like bought it, you know, fixed and flipped it, house flipper or whatever. Yep. And we were the ones they flipped it to. So, okay. uh. I wish I could have got it and flipped it myself right. or even got it and just kept it after seeing yeah. like what the numbers that we're Renovated doing on it. it. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but what it is, it's a duplex. So one side and both of them are one bedroom, one bathrooms, one side, you know, fully renovated. Everything's one bedroom, one bathroom. The other side is literally just identical to it. 
mm-hmm. one bedroom bathroom. And at first, uh, my main thoughts going into this were, okay, Airbnb or rent out. Okay, so we look at the comp, see what, you know, things are renting for and everything like that. But at the same time, the people that are getting in it are going to be your leases. So it is guaranteed money. And right. either way, it was going to be a profit on even if we just rented it. It was like, man, with Airbnb, that's kind of like lucrative, like with it being in Las Vegas and everything. So that's out. You got a duplex out here. Yeah, I'll take you there. I got to check it out because yeah. I haven't even really seen any out. Yeah, yeah, I'll take you there. Yeah, we got to go Yeah, it's there. in Las Vegas, man. Uh, So um, it's lucrative. You know, people coming to Las Vegas doing this and doing that. Like, yeah. dang, you might can make 10 bands off literally an Airbnb. And who's renting anything for 10 bands unless it's like a, a penthouse at the Palms or something? Yeah. So we was like, okay, we're going to try both sides. We're going to try Airbnb on one side and try renting it on one side. Uh, So literally that's what that's what we're doing right now. And when you rent a house, of course, it's on a year lease. Right. Uh, well, you could do a six month if you wanted to or whatever, but we put this one on a year lease. So if we want to make that one an Airbnb, we have to wait until a year is up. So right now we're just kind of like filling it out. And then afterward look at the 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 profits yeah. and seeing seeing what was you know what made most because i would say the pros and cons uh this is for everybody the pros and cons for an airbnb versus rental when you get a property to see kind of which one you want to do uh you can go on things like air dna to see like the projected profits of an airbnb uh but you don't know until you actually do it uh-huh. uh so i would say the pros and cons is with renting it you're literally getting a fixed amount of money every single month but the thing is you know you're going to get that money as soon as the first of the month hits. Yep. The, the renter is going to pay rent, and you're good. You don't have to go back and forth, you know, taking care of cleaning, things like that. Uh, so that's a pro of renting. Uh, and s- similar to that, one of the cons of Airbnb, you could have a breakout month to where, let's say, if you're renting a property for 1500 a month, the Airbnb might bring in 3000 there. You just doubled what your other unit rents. Yep. So you're in the mind state of, oh, man, I should go uh, – I just need to do this. I should go rent the other side. But then again, they have hot seasons and cold seasons. You could, that same Airbnb that made 3000 the next month, it could make $800. Mm-hmm. And you're like, damn, like, I should have just rent, rented it. Yeah. I would have just, you know, wouldn't have to get the back and forth, the occupancy or whatever. Uh, but, and that's why you kind of, we're doing both for a year to actually sit down and look what each month did and what the end total profits was to see, oh, was it worth it? Because with Airbnb, unless you know have a property management company or you got cleaners and this, this, that you can be doing, it's not all the way passive as renting. It will be, you know, yeah. our tenant, the only time we go to the property for the tenant is if they say something broke or they need something or something like that. Airbnb technically is every time a guest leaves because stuff needs to be clean, changed. Yeah, washed. You got to make sure you got to pull the trash to pull the trash to the street. Like just little things like that, that people wouldn't really think of. So it's not passive. So you want to make sure it's bringing in enough money uh, to make, to make it worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So far, which one's doing better? Airbnb by far. By far? Yeah, Airbnb by far with it being in Las Vegas, yeah. But I would say, so how we do our Airbnbs, um, literally only a cleaner if maybe Mm -hmm. I might be out of town or have something to do, something like that. Other than that, literally, we're in their boots on the ground ourselves, like, you know, clean the Airbnb after washing the sheets, putting the sheets back on and everything. So the cleaning fee that Airbnb automatically charges that still goes to us. Oh, you uh, get to keep that? Yeah, because we don't pay a cleaner. Oh. Yeah, but it's not passive. We're still there cleaning every time. Active like income, that. you got to be up in there doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you don't have to. You could uh, hire somebody, but then it's going to eat away at your profits. Right. But right now, I mean, honestly, and this has only been 
I mean, maybe it's probably like half a year uh-huh. right now, like six months in. Six so months. Uh, just waiting to see what the end. But I mean, just even for what, uh, you know, we can rent it for. I really I don't mind because if we do end up renting it out instead of uh, Airbnb, it's furnished now because we put all, did all that from Airbnb. Uh-huh. So you can rent this for a little bit more than maybe another place would rent for. So, oh, so it could it could be worth it, you know. Then it's something to send out. And at the, at the end of the day, honestly, as long as it's as long as you're making more than the mortgage, it really doesn't matter because every it's profitable. Right. Technically, it's a free house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of people will get you know built up on oh, I want to make a thousand dollars a month, you know, or I want to make two thousand dollars a month. But Just if something's making that property, yeah, like so, if you're making five hundred dollars a month. And that's literally net. So after the the mortgage, after mm-hmm. all the utilities are paid, you're still making five hundred dollars a month. Just coming in. Was just coming in, and the whole time a property is still, you know, um, building equity. equity, building equity, and everything like that. Would you take five hundred a month, or would you say no? I'm done. I want I want to sell this house and find one that can make me two thousand. Because no. all years are going to be different. Maybe we might make five hundred a month now, but in ten years from now, we still have this. We probably can sell it for a hundred thousand dollars more or maybe you can rent it for a little bit more. That's yeah, so almost so. like, you know, walking over dollars to pick up pennies. Yeah, basically. Sometimes when you're looking at it like that. So you just be grateful. You gotta be grateful, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I know both me and you have kids books coming out. I got yeah. my uh Carter's credit lesson. Come on, man. We gotta talk about it, man. We gotta <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. Tell me tell me more about yours. Mine is obviously about credit. It's about yeah. uh a kid who goes to school and lends somebody money. Okay. The dude doesn't pay him back. It ruins his reputation at school. And nobody else want to hang out with him mm. or lend him money mm. because they got word that he don't pay back. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's kind of like a credit lesson for, yeah. uh, for kids. Tell me a little bit about yours. That's cool. So, uh, so ours is a children's book about, so I'll back it up and go back to Bam Snowballs. Uh-huh. It's, you know, honestly, it's a kid type dessert. Right. Kids going there, you know, shaved ice, ice cream, yeah. everything like that, you know, like superhero, whatever. And because this is a superhero themed, uh-huh. our motto, what we go by, and you literally see it on our website, on our Instagram, on everything, is unleash your inner hero. Okay. That's so, cool. and this is really to tell you that everybody has a hero inside of them. A lot of people cling on to the superheroes, Batman, uh, Superman, Spider-Man, yeah. all of that. But all of these people are regular people, and uh, they don't understand that you're everyday people, policemen. Uh, your mom, your dad, doctors, lawyers, uh, anybody tr- making ends meet and doing this, all of them are heroes. So our goal is to show kids and to tell kids that you yourself are a hero. On days you're feeling down, on days you feel like you can't do this or you can't do that, or you feel like all odds all odds are against you, you're still a hero. Like deep down inside, you got to dig that up and know that you're a hero. So really, that's what our children's book is going to be about. Um, actually called Unleash Your Inner Hero. Unleash Your Inner uh, Hero. So it's so almost yeah. like... Uh, it kind of sounds like a self-development book for kids almost. Yeah, 100%. The goal is for kids to read it and to know, like, just to get that smile afterward, like, wow, I can do this? Like, I'm a hero? Yeah, you're a hero. You've been a hero. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, actually. You got a main kid, character for it? So yeah. Far? Yeah, we got a main character. We got Tell everything. me about him. I don't see the main character. I don't want to dive too deep into it. Just give us an uh, overview. Overview. So the main character, he's in school, uh, and, you know, things, you know, that aren't the best is really happening to him throughout the day and everything like that. Uh-huh. Uh, so he really has to dig deep. His name is Jay, by the way. Uh, so he really has to dig deep and know that he has a hero inside of him. He just had to unleash it. So, you know, throughout the book, uh, 
throughout the book people let him know that and everything like that and by the end of the book he unleashes he unleashes it so yeah that's literally everything's you know in the works right now releasing soon don't know if it'll be out by the time this podcast drop but uh you guys definitely stay tuned yep you know uh uh track us and everything on social media and everything we'll uh let you guys you know keep you guys posted on when it's gonna drop so yeah for sure and man you dropped a lot of game yeah the real estate yeah i want to get involved in it and the whole i feel like a lot of veterans don't even know about the va like they how it works yeah and it's honestly that's something like uh i kind of want to shed light too i don't know if it can have like people in the in the military but you're just moving different you can literally make military millionaires man like i i I really wish that oh honestly i wish that i would but you got to remember i'm six years in the military game Uh uh-huh you know i'm getting versed in this now and everything like that my first property that i acquired was literally in 2021 so right now it's 2022 i haven't been doing this for the longest or anything like that but i wish that when i you first came in 2016 foundation 2016 i wish i would have grabbed one you know what i mean yeah all my homeboys when huge. i was in there like my first two years in the military was like man i'm just hitting clubs like trying to go see <laughs> where the women at like i'm just doing this and doing that literally every weekend like i'm trying to get it in like i was in st louis like it was just a good time so really that's what i focused on and then it really Later on, when I actually sat down, really reflected and thought about everything, I started getting into, like, podcasts and, like, little things like that and started watching, like, man, like, I got to tighten up, like, because yep. years is literally wasted before us. Like, we're literally just wasting years and wasting time. But, I mean, I'm not going to lie. You probably know I still have a good time, you know. I still, yeah. you know, I still yeah, go Me out, too, me too. I still go out have a good time, <laughs> yeah, you know, have in, a good time. indulge in a few things. But uh, at the same time, you still got to get to it. Yeah. Because, nope. Don't nobody care more about your future than you. Exactly. That's huge because a lot of people, they want to go, they feel like they can't do stuff. Yeah. But as long as you, you want to go out on Saturday, just make sure on Monday, you're ready to go back to work. Right. You're ready to go back to work. And a lot of people, they can't really separate it. They just want to, they just want to party or you got the people that just want to work. So having that balance is, you learn to do it over time. Would you say? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I would say kudos to the people who know they can't do the both so they just either lock in on one hopefully you know on the entrepreneur side or just doing getting the business done or doing what i they had gotta that do. for a while i just i couldn't do anything besides work exactly and like maybe that might happen in the future with me but with me i always been kind of like a you know work hard play hard type dude you know what mm. i mean so i'm literally having fun and i'm still working at the same time like, if I want to go to the club tonight and literally pop bottles and do whatever till 3 o'clock in the morning, I'll go do that. But at the same time, I know if I got to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning after that and really lock hours. in and do all that, I'll still do it. You know what I mean? So I, I know what it takes. But uh, I kind of don't like when, you know, people kind of like, you know, maybe like frown upon or uh, not like when people go out or enjoy themselves or whatever. Everybody is different. And, you right. know, what motivates and what fuels somebody is always different from what mo- what might motivate and fuel the next person absolutely so uh if somebody likes doing that as long as they still get into it because like you said you could be on the other end of that to where all you do is go to the club go out and drink and do this and just mess with women and it just causes you to kind of go on a slow downturn and i understand you know when people they're finding themselves or trying to do this or trying to do that just trying to figure it out yeah and it's especially when you're when you first hit 21 yeah like when i first hit 21 i was still locked in like i was working And eventually I got introduced to, you know, the whole club scene going yeah. out and everything. 
and it was just new. So yeah, I wanted so to do you it. Fell in love with yeah, it. I yeah, wanted, yeah, I wanted to go again. <laughs> when are we going? When are we going? Yeah. When are we going? So I feel like the, uh, going through that is it's natural. Yeah, and it's normal. And like like you said, I don't like when people frown upon it because it's a part of building your social skills. Like yeah. these environments exist, and you should know how to operate if you if you're in one. Hundred percent. Little do people know, like you might go to a section at Dre's tonight or something, and dudes in them sections is like real deal millionaires getting to it. They might just be celebrating the deal they just got or something like that. Like, don't sleep on people who go to the club or this that because sometimes in those environments, that's where you can meet people in certain industries mm. that can like that can change your life. So it really just depends. Like entertainment, exactly. Like entertainment industry, the club owner, like somebody who might you know have some bottle girls or something like that, like own a liquor and they're just trying to get their promote their liquor in the club like it's different ways to where you can still can go out there and have a good time what people don't know is how to be in a certain environment and not be able to lock in on what the goal is or what they need to do they'll see alcohol or women or whatever and automatically just dive into that and feel like they need to yep. you got to have a sense of uh what's it called a sense of uh where you can control yourself and just get yeah. through what needs to be done uh so a lot of people don't have that so but it just comes with time it comes with everything I mean, I haven't had this. I literally, I just turned 25 last month, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, and, I mean, I feel old now. I know <laughs> older people watching this going to be like, wow, that dude's young. But right. I feel old now because if I think about what I knew now and the young guys I'm meeting like yourself or anybody else, I'm like, damn, like, shit, I'll be light years ahead if I, like, knew what I knew now back when I first came in or something like that. But, I mean, that's all. That's how it always happens. It's a part you know? of it. That's just basically it's the that's the circle of life, you know. Yeah, right of passage for sure. You gonna meet like a sixteen year old who getting to it, like yeah. Damn, I was like, dang, like, that's crazy. I, no, like, that that's happened to me. I was like, dang, <laughs> if I had started doing this stuff when I was like yeah, 16, like sixteen, you'd be a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. So. Eventually, kids gonna be eight getting yeah, to it. That's how I go, and I mean that's the goal. I mean that's where like with anything, like your grandparents wish that your parents was better than them. You know, your parents want you to be better than them. So when you have your kids. I know you're going to want them to be light years ahead of you, you know, right. by the time they get to where they're at. So it's really just just evolution and uh, uh, changing the narrative to, you know, be how you got to be. So, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's really just just a part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And you dropped a lot of gems on this podcast. I mean, this is going to be a rewatch for sure, guys. You yeah. dropped a lot of gems on this podcast about real estate, brick and mortar businesses. Is there anything else that you want to plug before we wrap up? Uh no, again, I'll plug in. You guys connect with me uh on Instagram, uh TikTok, really how it goes. I drop some gems on there from time to time. Uh my handle on there is by all means Mari B Y A L L M E A N S M A R I. Uh find me on there. Um and yeah, message me, tell me you guys seen the podcast and just wanna, you know, get to know more on whatever subject. But yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. Got to, you know, lock in more. Talk about the children's book, man. Talk about my process. Yeah, the next one we talk about the processes of that because my process might be a little different. I know you've uh, well-versed in the books. you four-time yeah. four time author, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, I've been my, doing books since I was 19. Yeah, it's my first go-around, so we're going to have to chop it up more about that. Yeah, so. Yeah, for sure. And thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Make sure, like I said, this is definitely a rewatch. Go through the real estate portion of it. Go through the brick and mortar portion of it. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.